Good Monday morning, guys. Jerry Miller here on Real Talk with Keith Smith. Thank you kindly for joining us. It's a pleasure to connect with you through the I Love Seville Network. Today's show presented by Yes Realty Partners. I'll say it loud and I will say it proud. Ooh, yes Realty Partners. Keith Smith is back in the saddle. Judah Wickhauer is our director. Studio camera. And then the two shot as we see the crystal balls on set. The magic wands are out. Everyone's in a delightful mood on a Monday. Keith, que pasa, Chico? Que pasa, Chico? Um, jet lag's a little bit hang- hanging over, but we're going to let the coffee kick in and see. Give me a few minutes to get that my juices flowing. But, uh, you know, we just came back from an awesome seminar with 2,500 other real estate agents out in uh, San Diego. Learned a couple of new terms when I was out there. June gloom. Have you ever heard the term June gloom? I have before? not heard June gloom. Tell so me apparently, June, is. June gloom is when the when the marine layer doesn't lift until in the afternoon, and apparently they're having June gloom gloom in August. So it, it really didn't get sunny there until four or five o'clock in the afternoon. And the other thing I term I learned is a baby moon. A ba- I've I've heard of you've baby heard moon. of this. I've heard of baby moon. Yeah, Yona and I were because everybody you know the thing was every evening go watch the sunset. That's what you do, and so we're sitting and you know we do what we do and we talk to people and talking to a young couple <clears throat> in about maybe thirty thirty two something like that, obviously in their ninth month, and you know we're just having because we're grandparents and we're just like who we are and you guys are talkers. <laughs> we're talkers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We. We love San Diego because people actually talk back. Absolutely. Um, Very different from Seattle. A little bit different than from Seattle. They don't talk back, you know. Um, but in any event, uh, so I learned the term. From, they just bought a house in uh, Chattanooga. Okay. And heard the term uh, baby moon, which is apparently they go on a little vacation before the baby is born. I wish I would have known that. 37 years ago, but uh, anyway, it's cool. Plus, they watched the show, which was weird. They sat next to people, and they watched Real Talk with Keith Smith, and, you know, you know I don't I don't get any better than that. It, it, it the enormity, I don't even know if I said that right, uh, of what sitting in this seat means hit home. Oh, yeah. It really did. I think it's the only, uh, it's the only... I mean, you do your show three times a three times a week. It's the only week, weekly podcast real estate show. I uh, I believe you wouldn't know. I mean, look it up. <clears throat> um, but, I know what we're doing on the I Love Seville show and on the I Love Seville Network. I, find someone else that's doing anything like this with regularity. <clears throat> well, with set times and days, like a schedule, almost like the TV guide or a TV. So. This particular couple, I was sitting next to them, and we're having this conversation. And Yona and I are really, you know, we just love doing this. And um, oh, this guy goes, oh yeah, I've listened to that on Spotify or whatever. And Yona rolled her eyes and went, "Here we go." <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Here we go. And 30 minutes later, it was. But we had a great time, and it was great. Uh, they they actually learned something from the show, which is great. And in uh, uh, honoring and awesome uh, it was specifically about not having to pay 20% as a down payment. Um, and uh, they listened to the show. And I think, they, I think it was the one which Scott was on, and they learned. And we saved them some money and saved them some process. So they thanked it. The only criticism that they had. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> criticism well, is good. Cri- well, constructive criticism that they had was that they wish... I did, or we do more national stuff. Uh-huh. Uh huh. 
and, and we'll have to think that one through a little bit because you know obviously we're we're kind of focusing on local market, but um, they wish that we would have done a little bit more national stuff, which would have been more helpful for their buy and in Chattanooga. I also said, you know, I do referrals. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but anyway, it was a great thing. So I just wanted to kick the show off. It was a wonderful couple. Uh, and, uh, you know, to put a big smile on my face, uh, it, was, it, was, it was awesome. We got uh, mortgage rates that are on the rise. Yeah. Uh, we got inventory fairly tight. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, and uh, a pig and a poke, right? I mean, it's just, it's just. It is what it is. It is what it is. Back to this couple, because they're buying, they're they're closing a month from now. They're locked in at something like seven and a half, seven and three quarters. I can't remember. And I asked them, you know, these are thirty-something millennials, which we love. Uh, we love everybody, but we love helping uh, young folks in particular. Uh, I said, so are you freaking out about that? And they weren't. They really were focusing on. I need to get in the game. I need to get an ownership. It's a townhome. It's exactly everything you spoke about many a times. Uh huh. They're buying a townhome to get in the ownership game, uh, and we're just going to refi. Then the question was, what was the question after that? What did I get asked after that? We're going to refi. What? How much is that going to cost us? No. When is that range going to lower? Oh. And you said I had. I don't have a crystal ball. I have happened to have a crystal ball in front of you. Should we go to the crystal ball camera? But Are you going to wear the uh, Houdini hat? No, I don't. Because you don't want to mess up the hair. Totally get it. Totally understand. We're one and the same there, Keith Smith. You know, I don't know. Yona's in the middle of our synergy meeting right now, so I know she's not watching until until ten thirty. Uh, you know, the walk this morning. You know what she said to me, Jerry? What'd you say? She said, you're getting a little thin on the top, ain't you? No. Would you believe that? Yeah, look, she didn't say that. 37 years, and it come down to that. She, she did not say that. I swear to God. I've never heard Yona say a mean thing ever. Well, I don't think she's defining that as mean. <laughs> I think she, she is uh, Germanic, so she was being factual. Okay. Right? She was being factual. I'm a little, getting a little thin on the top. I don't think so, pal. I'm looking at it right now. You, well, you're getting looking a little good. thin on the top, and when you reach a certain age... It gets a little thinner there, and then you get hair in places that I've never had hair. I actually was having this conversation. Less hair on the head, more hair on the ears, more hair on the back, more hair on the nose. What's up with that? I mean, I never had chest hair. Now I got I chest hair. I don't need hair. to see that chest hair. <laughs> I've never had chest hair. Or maybe the viewers might want. Who knows? Uh, I don't think the viewers want to see your chest hair, Keith Smith. <laughs> That's the reason I buckled up my, my, top, I thank my, you, Keith my Smith. tap button. So. Vanessa Parkell, hello. Thank hey, you for Vanessa, watching the program. Jamie Turner says, keep it local. That's why I started listening. Tell them yeah. to listen to bigger podcasts for national stuff, Jamie Turner said. There you go, Jamie. Thank you very much. Yeah, so, uh, but, but we do need to, you know, Jamie, we do need to look at the national stuff because it does, it does impact the whole, the whole process. So look, a, a five days of seminars and talking to folks and, you know, at the end of the day, <clears throat> it kind of boiled down to what you and I have been talking about for a long time, right? And it was... I'm not going to focus on the inventory because everybody knows it's, it's non-existing. It's going to stay low for a while. The, the topic du jour, du jour, du jour? Yeah. Let's keep real talk with Keith Smith. Du jour. You can say it any, any way you want. Good morning, Johnny. Good morning, Jamie. Du jour. Uh, is, you know, <clears throat> what, when is the rates going to go down and when is inventory going to pick up? That seems to be the thing. So the I mean, we don't know. No one knows. Yeah, it's interesting. I've seen people on this show, 
I've seen people on CNBC, I've seen the people that literally are paid to do this, they are not getting it right. They are not getting it right. Dr. Yoon is, is, is someone we admire quite a bit here, and he has not gotten it right. You're talking about the interest rates that he yeah. said it wasn't? Yeah, yeah. So look, um, I think at, at the high picture takeaway, our friends at the Fed came to the game way too late, ended up raising rates, I think the highest that's ever been risen, risen before. They're going to come late to the game, lowering it. We're at 3%. Uh, inflation, they're going to come late. That's probably not going to happen until the the begin somewhere during the second. Excuse me, the first quarter of next year, beginning of second quarter. But you are going to see thirty-year mortgages start dropping down at sometime in the first half of next year. I, I'm confident. I'm confident of that. You okay, brother? Want to see No, I, 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 I just don't. You know, we'll see. Olga Zakanova. What are you? What are your thoughts on that, yeah, Olga? I, well. She's a broker with Douglas Elliman. Where do you think they're going to go? Yeah. Josh Tracy, where do you think they're going to go? Jamie Turner, where do you think they're going to go? We've had people say that the rates were going to drop this quarter. Yeah. We've had people say the rates now were going to drop in fourth quarter. Yeah. We had people say that, I mean. Well, clearly they do not have our crystal balls. I mean, no, no <laughs> one. I, I, yeah. This is so, what I've realized is. Get, making predictions or guesstimates, no one can see into the future. Look, brother, if you stay on this earth long enough, you know that, right? But you do, you do. People are looking to us to help guide them, right? Yeah. Help guide them through the pro, through through the process. So the takeaway from this conversation I had at the seven, I believe it was seven and three quarters. I have to look at my, actually took notes after the conversation was that they believe getting in the game now was the right answer, right? Rents were climbing. They just, ownership and owning now made all the difference in the world. And they were, they were literally saying it for all the right reasons. And, you know, eventually interest rates will come down. The when is the question um, on it. Uh, you know, because they always do this roller coaster ride. Historically, uh, if you take a look at all the recessions after their, whatever, whoever defines them over, whenever that happens, there's generally uh, anywhere between a one to two point drop in the 30 year fixed. It was really interesting. So, we, you know, they were, they were asking, asking me a very specific question of what was the delta between what they had and how it lowered. To re, when it's to when it was time to refinance. And what'd you tell them? I said, you know, as a rule, save a point. I usually tell say you want to be as close to two as possible. Two points um, for a refi. Well, it's just probably a point and a half to two points in that because uh -huh. you got to figure out how much it's going to cost you, yeah. so forth and so on, in that end of it. But you know, look, I, I think at some point the crystal balls are a little fuzzy at the moment. At some point, you know, the interest rates will go down. You know, as soon as Yellen starts dropping rates, right, even though there isn't a direct connection, but there is, right, eventually the rates will drop down and then these folks will refinance. But what they were happy to do is, you know, they were told to use all their cash to buy the mortgage down. And I said, well, you do what you want, but if I was you, I would hold on as much cash as you possibly can, get into it, as long as you can handle the monthly payment, which they could. On that end of it. And now, now, if you don't put the 20% down, you do caveat that they're paying PMI, right? Yeah, the PMI is so minimal now at this point. I mean, what's the PMI? Uh, it depends on your, on your um, 
and that's a Wednesday conversation. Well, I meant for them. Did you ask them what their PMI? No, no, we didn't get that far into it. Okay, uh, into it. I, I didn't feel I was going to ask very personal questions sitting on a pier watching the sunset. I mean, that's what we should emphasize that to people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. The Good P- morning, Kevin. Yes. Yeah, the P- PMI, just like anything else, is based on your credit score and so forth. And so yeah. On. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you have a really good credit score, your PMI is a little bit less. If you don't have such a good credit score, your PMI, which is a, is, is a little bit higher. But Scott can answer that question. But J- Jamie, very good question. He says dropping down from what, though? That's, that's, a, that's a really good question there. It's yeah, like, seven and three quarters. So if you take I mean, two, if, if we're at eight. You take two points off, then you're at six. If we're at eight and the rates drop from eight a point, you're still at seven. So to Jamie's thing, and this is the conversation I have with the young Now, we're couple. not at eight now. We're seven and change. Woody, I'll get to your comment here. We're going to get to eight pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, and if not, north of that. Um, <clears throat> but so the conversation was, is look, what you need to do, and, and I think to Jamie's point, you need to look at your ROI, return on investment, and look at how much it's going to cost you to refinance it. You know, are you, are you, you know where, that, where that looks at it. The other piece of conversation I had with them, which they apparently didn't watch one of these shows, we had the whole pay a little extra, the old latte factor, pay a little bit of extra to principal, regardless of the interest rate, you know, that'll help you on the on the back end. So it was a great great conversation and I was lucky to have it. Plus we helped people list a house in La Jolla of all places. Uh, what do you Fincham? The analogy for this market is similar to a riverboat captain on the Mississippi. We've never seen a market like this, and you need to be working with professionals. Lincoln, navigator, and ever-changing landscape within market. Experience matters, especially in a market like this. Oh Amen, my. brother. Uh, I couldn't, I couldn't, I can't give you the specifics, but we're helping a family sell, find a real estate agent to list their home in La Jolla, California. This is, we do a lot of this. We do a lot of referrals around, around the country. And it's very interesting, you know, there's four, excuse me, three siblings, and we're having this conversation, and of course, each sibling has a different perspective, and they want their, you know, they, they sought out a trusted advisor, which is Yona and ourselves, to help them through the process on it. And, it, and it's, really, it's really interesting that, you know, hiring a local trusted advisor who understands the local micro-market matters. So we've said this a long time ago, micro-markets matter and it's very interesting because you know some of the big internet companies are kind of popular out there and and it's really interesting because you're sitting down and having conversations and one is very connected knows all the people knows how to get the process one and the other one is trying to sell drone photography this is la hoyer folks right you know you just got to clean it up get it on the market and then know how to negotiate multiple offers it's it's a pretty exclusive market there on it. But anyway, local trusted advisors matter, man, such as Woody. Woody's actually helping us with that. With a, um, I reached out to him, talk about referrals and stuff. I needed an appraiser out there, and he knew a guy who knew a guy, and we've got people helping us appraise the house. Kevin Yancey's playing a little devil's advocate with you. Oh, Kevin, drive safe, please. I, you know, and I... And so, in a lot of ways, agree with this comment right here. He says, I'd rather buy down an original mortgage than refi and pay another set of closing costs and gamble that the rates go down. So in their particular case, this young couple's case, they were going to suck all their cash into buying it down. And I think when you started talking to them a little bit more, back to the trusted advisor scenario, 
they were literally not going to have enough money to move from one end of Tennessee to the other on that end of it. So that was why part of why I was saying, look, you need to keep your cash, finance it at a, at a thing. They, they were at a, they're in the tech business, so they were making enough money to make the payments. So it was a very specific, because you had to ask, you know, W questions, you know, the who, what, when, and where, and why. I did not ask the one question I should have asked, which you asked me, but, um, but so that was the conversation, which was that, that they, they were all freaking out that they were going to burn all their cash to buy a house and didn't realize they had options. Yeah, uh, Jamie Turner, I'm hearing the same thing. He says, I bet that couple was told in the, in the process, I know the payment is high right now, but you will be able to refi soon when the rates start dropping again. Jamie says, I keep hearing people say that professionals are telling them that like they have a crystal ball when rates are dropped. I, I, I concur. Well, I the concur. real problem was is their agent wasn't talking to them at all. That was the real problem. Well, I mean, and, and that was my whole issue with, um, what is it, date the rate, marry the house. There's closing costs anytime someone refinances something. That, that, that was and there are thousands of dollars. Consumably. In some, some cases, tens of thousands of dollars. So that's why you have to have this ROI conversation and you have to take a look at it. And in their case, you know, they just didn't want to be house rich and cash poor, right? And that was, you know, again, this is sitting on a pier watching the sunset in a 15, 20-minute conversation trying to, you know, help them, guide them through... Through the process, I would encourage anyone that's watching this program, and it sounds like a big apple to chew or a big uh, nut to crack to consider the 15-year mortgage on your house. I mean, you know, well, the rates aren't that much different. The, well, no, they're not that much different, but the what you save in interest over the course of a 15 versus a 30 is obscene. We're doing a 15 on ours, mm -hmm. overpaying on the 15. Sure, the interest. But you're not overpaying a lot, though. Ah. It, so it's a second. Is it a first home? Second. That's our primary residence. Primary home, yeah, yeah, overpaying a good chunk on the fifteen. I mean, well, you know, you and I, and, and this is why I love what we do. We're gonna we, we see it from a different scenario on that. But if that works for you, and that works for your finances and, and your family, you know, God bless you. That's great. Uh, but if it doesn't, and you can make extra payments, a couple of three a year, yeah. it, it achieves the same thing. But you just have a lower, lower monthly payment. Now, that requires what? Discipline. That's exactly Yeah, right. where the That's 15, exactly right. the, you have no choice. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, have, you have no choice. Your payment's a little bit higher. And then next thing you know, your budget reflects what the 15 is, sure. and you adapt. Yeah, so five years in, seven years in, you've cut your principal in half. I mean, you could conceivably pay off, uh, uh, if you overpay on a 15, you Plus your equity is growing. Yeah, I mean, seven, eight years, seven, eight years you're talking yeah, yeah, about yeah, yeah. I'm paying this off. Yeah, and, and, and that's a great thing. You know, some of us um, who had to do it, um, you know, couldn't do it, right? Yours truly is included at the time. Uh, and, you know, we just made a bunch of monthly payments extra because we're religious to that and actually reduced our loans to the 15-year 15 15 mark. But Olga look. is watching. Um, she says uh, rates definitely should drop. Banks will not be able to sustain the turnaround. Olga, I like your comment. Uh, she wants to know how long has Keith been doing this podcast? Oh, we're at 400 and we're north of 450 for sure. Shows. She's I, in. I she, Olga, are you watching in upstate New York? Is that where you're watching? Let us know where you're watching. Olga, and is it Zakanova? Is it my 
Lives in Queens. Queens. Hey, uh, Queens, New York. What part of Queens? I'm I'm a Bay Ridge guy. What part of Queens? Um, what part of Queens, Olga? Yeah, she cool. works for Douglas Elliman. I love when uh, what a small world, brokers, huh? Yeah, <laughs> watch it on you. Watch it on Jonas Page. So, so to uh, God bless you. So to uh, to the point was like you know you're sitting on the dock and you're having a conversation with people from Tennessee that uh, watched the show and took advice. But look to always seek to Woody's point. Always Sounds seek. like she wants to launch a podcast. There you go. <laughs> to go ahead and seek a trusted advisor. You know these trusted advisors need to sit down and, and, and get into your lives. You know, the, the, the family I'm helping, uh, we're helping in, in La Jolla, was, you know, I usually start the conversation of, do I have the permission to be direct and do I have permission to, to be honest? Because that's what we need to do to help them. And there's going to be questions that we're going to have to ask. Jamaica Estates. Yeah, Jamaica Estates know it well. You know Jamaica Estates well? Well, it's Queens. It's yeah. Jamaica Estates. It's Jamaica. Jamaica, Queens, man. I love it. Wow. Is, is she a native? She's she's born and raised there. Or are you are you born there? and raised? Let's see here. I can find a lot from her Facebook page. Oh, there you go. From Briarwood, New York. Okay, cool. Uh, licensed That's real estate up. associate broker at Douglas Element. Yeah, so Briarwood's upstate New York, if I remember correctly, or low or down what they call downstate. It's somewhere north of Westchester, I think. We're having a conversation with you. We're having a conversation via the internet. Oh, she what? has a podcast. It started at nine months ago. Okay. It's going well. Congratulations. Congratulations. Add Olga. Make sure you add the video component like we're doing. Yep. It takes the branding um, recognition to a different level. Look at you. Yeah, good for you. Good for doing it. Uh, you know, just we're over four years of doing this stuff. And, 2019. Yeah, and you know, part of the part of the fun is the Batman and Robin chemistry and a little bit of the pushing back and forth. Oh you yeah. Know, um, you know the the bull and bear kind of kind of kind of approach. I, you know, look. I, I I'm I'm hesitant to even tell folks that rates are going to drop in 2024. You know, unless something more unforeseen happens, I think to Olga's point, she's spot on. You're going to start seeing rates creeping down. But it's all going to be wrapped around the Fed. Again, there's no direct connection, right? But there is. There's an indirect connection, right? The Fed's uh, impact, credit card rates, development loans, those kind of things. The 10-year T-bill affects the 30-year mortgage. Here's the thing. The Fed, the emotion of buying Treasury bills is kind of based upon how what Yellen says and what the Feds, Feds do. So I think as we get closer to 2% uh, inflation, you're going to have to, the Fed's going to have to start putting the brakes on there or turning the, even better, putting that foot on the gas pedal and lowering rates uh, a little bit. I, th- I really do think you're going to see that somewhere in the first half of next year. We'll see how clear our crystal ball is, but I think that's what we're going to do. And it's also, again, a lot of smart people. Um, Yoon may have got the 4% wrong, but I'll tell you, Dr. Lisa Steravin's been pretty spot on on it. So The economist for Bright? For Bright. She was, she was spot on that you know, rates are going to climb a little bit, and then they're going to drop back down. But look, well, I'm looking Lake Monticello. Excuse me. I'm looking at uh, the car footprint, right? I know uh, Olga's in Queens, and Olga has the same problem. I'm sure in Queens, we've only got 56 new homes that came on the market in the last seven days. 71 went pending. 
66 were sold. I'll have to take a look at what it was last Monday because I took a picture of it. But when you sit down and have conversations with 2,500 real estate agents in San Diego, the story is the same no matter where they are in, in the country, right? It's in, lack of inventory, lack of inventory, lack of inventory. So I'm interested from Olga's perspective, what, is the, what, what does she think the number one reason why there's a lack of inventory in her marketplace in Queens, New York? I, I think it's the same as ours, but I'm really interested in to see what, what's going on in her marketplace. She said, yeah, what's going on in your market, Olga? Um, she says, I would love to connect with Keith. Sure. Uh, we, live, we, live, we love San Diego. She said, Briarwood is next to Jamaica Estates. Oh, got that wrong. Look at that, huh? Why did I think that was upsta- up, upstate New York? So my, my apologies. Got that wrong. Sounds like you got a potential <clears throat> guest here for yeah. the Real Talk with Keith Yeah, Smith. well, wake your way down to Charlottesville. We'll put you in front of a camera and a bunch of folks. We can talk about your podcast and uh, your awesomeness. Kevin Yancey says, how alarmed are you with another regional bank failure? Yeah, a lot of the banks were downgraded. Yeah, I, I haven't had a chance to dig into that, so I don't really want to go shoot from the hip on something. I don't really know why. If it's similar to some of the other reasons that they've kind of got way too much commercial paper or something like that, that that could be. Uh, but Kevin, I have not read them. I've been out on the coast for uh, left coast or the west coast for a week, so I really haven't had a chance to dig into that too much. I mean, I don't know if you're, you can fill me in on some of the details and we can talk a little bit about it, but I'm not familiar with the local bank that um, failed. Jamie has this comment, and I'm kind of... Jamie, I, I like what you're laying down this morning here. It's a very realistic comment. He goes, at this point, and he means no disrespect, he says, to anyone in the industry, it's hard to believe anyone in the real estate industry when it comes to forecasting rates. People should just start simply saying, I don't know. I, I'm kind of inclined to agree with him. So, Jamie, uh, I will say that I don't know. I've got a feeling. I'm basing my experience on 30 years, 35 years of experience and reading a lot and doing everything and looking at the data and some historical stuff. But this market, the, you've the, also highlighted that this market is unlike any market you've ever seen in your 35 years. Of of the three, that's only because of the 3%. That's the only if you, if if wasn't the three percent out there, the same indicators are the same. I know this much: what goes up comes down, what goes down comes up, right? So at some point, I mean, this is a really, really philosophical answer. At some point, Jamie, rates going to come down. I bought at eighteen percent; they came down. They will come down. It depends on the market, and the question is when, right? But look, this couple are sitting on the pier; they had to buy. They had to buy. They got a little little blessing coming. They had to buy. Talk to Olga over there. Most I, she of- just jumped in. Olga, that's the same phenomenon we're seeing here in the Charlottesville, Virginia area. She says people are sitting comfortably in their 2 to 3% rates. They're very uncomfortable for 7% rates. Very low inventory, high expectations from sellers here in New York. Same yeah. scenario here. Literally the same scenario in La Jolla, California. Right, same scenario in Chattanooga. Sellers are expecting top dollar right now if they even want to sell. And 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 the interesting thing is, is when they don't get top dollar, right? Because the bot, you know, look, price matters. 
Olga will, will answer this. Price always matters. You overprice something going into the market. If the market is saying it's worth X and you put it on the market at Z, that impacts the eyes on. Because the, the one thing I know for sure, you know who's super smart? Buyers. And they know that. They know what that value should be when they go out there. And they'll just sit tight. They will not make the offer um, on, the, on the property or even go see it. I mean, we could take a look at some a particular local market. When we start seeing homes days on market over a certain amount, it's either overpriced, the features aren't right, or the conditions are right, or, or all particular three. Grayson, Spencer, and Kevin, I will mention this live on air, have all put a version of the same comment on one of the... Uh, so, Olga, your you're first time watching this show. This show is streaming to 15 Facebook pages, 15 Twitter accounts, YouTube... LinkedIn, um, Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts. It's on all the social channels here. And I aggregate or try to aggregate all the comments like yours that are coming in, and I mention them on the show so the viewers and listeners, their comments and questions can shape the discussion of what Keith and I do on the program. Very interactive program. Three different comments, three different versions of the same comment here. Um, and it's the people screaming to get in the game are the ones who benefit if you get in the game. Um, so that's, uh, uh, Try that again. I'm sorry. I was looking at Lake Monticello. Uh, the people screaming to get in the game are the ones who benefit if you get in the game. Okay. Um, basically, you know. Get in the game. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, so interpret that for me because I see that a little bit differently. I, I think what these fellows are saying is, is there's reason why folks aren't getting in the game. The interest rate environment, the cost of housing. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I see it differently. I mm. see that. I see that comment. Just we'll do a bull and bear thing here, okay. right? Because if you don't get in the game, even at X percentage, you're not in the game, right? And what? And how are you going to build um, equity? How are you going to be genera generational wealth? You sure as hell ain't going to do it paying a guy or a person or a company rent, right? So ownership is always, in my opinion. Ownership is always the right path. You get into the game. And this is the conversation sitting on the dock of the bay. There you go. little Otis Redding there. Jamie, Jamie Turner agreeing with this. He says, great job, Kevin. Yeah. And, and you know what? And I appreciate their opinion. They're just wrong. So, you know, getting into the game matters. Right? It, it matters, right? Because otherwise, what are they going to do? Jamie, what's the, what's the alternative? The alternative is to pay an ever-increasing rent never build any equity, never get the 15% 15-year mortgage, never get the 30-year mortgage at whatever rate and never build any equity or whatever. Most people's net worth comes from the property that they own, their home that they own. Flat out, hands down, that's where that happens. So if you don't start that process, you don't start that process, right? And all you're doing is paying Keith or Jerry or uncle whoever own mortgage. What are, you, what are your thoughts there, gentlemen? Yeah. Spencer. Well, we're probably not going to see eye to eye on that. That's Grayson, okay. Kevin, Jamie, Olga, thoughts on this. Logan Wells, Claylo, hello. Bill McChesney, hello. Vanessa Parkhill, hello. I'll highlight some of the viewers and listeners watching this fine and fair talk show. Katie Pearl, hello. Olivia Branch, Travis Hackworth, Peter Krebs, Carly Wagner, Bellamy Brown, Holly Foster, Bill Munkanchi. Say hi to Mr. Bill over there, Judah. Hey, Bill. We hey, love Bill. you, Bill. I love you, Bill. Oh, no, Mr. Bill. 
Heather Walker, Scott Morris, Lauren and Keswick, Carol Thorpe, Nobody Jamie, Michael Plecker, Juan Sarmiento, Aaron King, Cindy uh, Schornberg over at Keswick Vineyards. Hello. Thank you for watching the program. Todd Rath, hello. MJ Arquette, Daniel Pettin, good morning, my friend. I hope you have some tennis um, on the horizon. Um, this comment, I'd rather pay someone rent than wind up, God forbid, a 2008-2010 situation. Yeah, well, that's not going to happen. I, I, I will say this. We're not, we're not no. in a 2008-2010 no. scenario no. No. here because of the, the lending standards are much more strict yeah. and homeowners are sitting on yeah. cash, I mean stockpiles of equity. It's very, right now. it's very interesting. Folks aren't underwater, so it's, it's very different. It's very interesting that comment still pops up. Right, and and not to be disrespectful or or, or, or anything towards the person who made it, um, it's very interesting that that came out. That mentality is still still out there, you know. As one who lost everything through it, I understand it very intimately. I know you do very inti intimately, and I knew it was coming before it came. Just couldn't do anything about it because I was seventeen million dollars in debt and lost all our cash and all this kind of great stuff. Uh, but <clears throat> The lending, you know, this cup of coffee, as I said many times, could have bought a $500,000 home at that point, and there was no equity. The appraisal system was not the way it is now. Uh, the lending, it, it's just, it's just, it's just, it's truly not going to happen. There has to be some huge catastrophe that impacts the whole world for that, for that to happen. Okay, this comment's come in. And I get it. I get what the viewers and listeners are saying here. There's a lot of there's a lot of um, maybe distrust, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. uncertainty. Sure, you know what the word is. Vulnerability, you know fear. That's it. That's the word. Yeah, sure. Yeah. A lot there's of also fear. there's it's very interesting. There's two sides to it, right? There's that, and then there's the then there's the fear of missing out. Part of fear, right? Uh, you know, I'm afraid I'm going to miss out. And look, the, historically, you know, and I respect the person to say pay rent, and that's, and I'm okay with that if that's where they're at in their life and this is what they want to do. They will never build equity, period, end of story. They just won't do it. Um, somebody else's equity will get built up on it. So, you know, you've highlighted this personally all the time. You did this. You bought a townhome, probably in the worst time that you could buy a home in that, that 2008 right? right literally months before the doom and gloom and the crash and you pulled up your socks and you did what you needed to do Jude and I were actually talking about this last week too I mean I held it turned it into a rental and what did that do for you what did that one purchase do for you um, it was a springboard to two other purchases and sitting here having a conversation. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. So that's, that's how this works, folks. You know, it's not magic. I am not that smart by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, but that's how this works. If you can get in the game, get in the game. If you can't, you can't. Right? You seek a trusted advisor. There's a lot of people that we work with, the buyers, and we just, I just did it on the ride in. Said, look, maybe it's best to sit tight for another six months. This was the opposite. They didn't have enough cash. Right, their 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 um, credit score was not what it should be. Let's work on that. Let's fix that. Let's build a little bit of cash, and and relook at this six months six months from now. They didn't like that conversation, but it was an honest one. 
and uh, my suspicion is they'll take it. This question's come in from Laura. What would it take or what needs to align for 2008 to potentially happen again? Okay. Well, first of all, 2008 was very specific because, let me see, best way to explain that, before 2008, there was this cookie jar and the top was open. Jamie just gave you props. That's how you should do it. Thank you. Yeah. What, which, which was? What, what you just said, that it's not for everyone. Maybe you should wait. No, yeah. no, 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 no. So before I go to my cookie jar analogy, I want to be crystal clear. Some people are not ready to buy a home. What you need to do is find a trusted advisor, Scott Morris, Yona and I, whoever, and have a flat-out, honest, direct conversation. In this particular couple, it would have been a huge mistake for them to do that because they would have... They may have been able to get in the game, but what if the HVAC system goes down, mm-hmm. right? They, they just, this is, was not in their best interest to do that. And what we do for a living, it's not about, it's really not about, it's about helping people. It's a relationship. It's a relationship. We'll stay in contact with them. Scott Morris will help them with the plan. Eventually, they will get to that point. J- Jamie says... Honest conversations. That's how you do it, Keith. But yep. there's not enough Keiths out there, especially in real estate. Uh, I'm, I'm honored and flattered. I'm trying to use the right words. But at the end of the day, the conversation I had with the client, with, with this Chattanooga couple on the dock of the bay watching the sunset. Dock of the bay. I like that. You didn't get my original. I said oh, that I earlier. Did. Otis Redding, Dock I of the like Bay. I like it. I like it. Uh, do you know the story behind that No, I song? do not. Judy, you know the story behind that song? No, I don't think I do. So it's, it was an actual suicide note that was left on a dock of a bay in, I think it was, it was, it was in California. I don't remember which dock it was. I think it was San Diego on it. And whoever got it and wrote a song out of it, Otis Redding sang it. Daniel Pettit says, I'm at Smith Mountain Lake right now, and there are a lot of people spending money out here. Smith Mountain Lake is red hot. <laughs> no, no relation to me. <laughs> no, no relation to you, but, red but, hot. But back to the cookie jar analogy, pre-2008. So there was a cookie jar, and the regulators opened the top of the cookie jar and said, you know, if you meet a certain criteria or whatever, you can take a cookie out. And then they stopped watching the cookie jar. And everybody, the lenders, everybody, this, this um, feeding frenzy, for lack of a better term, happened. And nobody was watching the cookie jar, which would be the feds, on it. Then all of a sudden, there's no cookies left. And the feds closed the jar and said, guess what? Unless you are the good Lord himself, you're not getting a loan. Right? And that's how it happened. That's where, it, it, right now, in order to get a loan... You actually need to be a living person. By the way, they were giving loans to people that were dead. That, that's how crazy it was. So all that has not happened before. So there's the loan process. Plus, there is, there is the lack of inventory. Why do we have a lack of inventory? We have a lack of inventory because at the time of great unpleasantness, we went from 2 million new construction units down to 300, and we stayed flat for 10 years. So there's no new... The, no new project. Oh, by the way, we've got a, one, 170 million millennials and uh, Z folks that are about ready to buy. We're dying off, the boomers. 
You've still got a lot of life left. I think I'm doing good. You're doing well. I'm doing good. Yeah, I'd say two, three decades. It could be the caffeine kicking in. How old's Pop? Pardon? How old's Pop? 84, maybe. Okay. 83, 84. I don't know, brother. When you're 60, 80 is awfully close. When you're north of 60, north of 80 is a lot closer than you think. Still got a couple decades, my friend. I still got a couple of decades. Vanessa Parkhill in Earliesville. I agree wholeheartedly with the concept of getting in the game. Isn't down payment a huge barrier to entry for first-time buyers? For those struggling to even make rent, how are those folks able to scrape together enough cash to put down a down payment on an entry-level property? Even a condo or townhome, when that unicorn hits the market in Seville and Almore. I mean, it's a great, it's a great comment right so there. That, so, so, Vanessa, 1,000% spot on. I mean, because why your you entry need... in Almore County is what? Well, I'm looking at Lake Monticello right now. So, let's, let's focus. I'm looking at what's available in Lake Monticello yeah. just because I like to look at it. Sure. It has 4,500 homes. It's easy thing. But it's also used to be or could be considered an entry-level neighborhood. Cheapest home right now is 252. How long's the DOM on that there one? There you go. Good. Yeah, it's been on for a while. 31 days. So, so the median, and, and Neil, I say, think I said that right, the median days on market Lake Monticello this year to date is five. I mean, 31 is average six. Is, average is 20. So when you're looking at what's available on the market that's over 20, then there's something not right. So I will tell you out of uh, – there, there is 20 homes on – excuse me, I apologize. There are 17 homes on the market right now. Um, there are three active with that with a kick out. We'll talk about that in a minute, what that actually means on it. Uh, and there, there are no new constructions in that. So, so in, in, in essence, there's really 14 homes on the, on the market. I got 31 days on the market, 47 days on the market, 19 days on the market. That's getting there. 53, 4, 14, 3, 47, 53, 24, 4, 32, 11, and 89. So anything that's under 20, there's an issue. It's either overpriced, needs a ton of work for the price, or it doesn't have the right features. So I didn't count how many there, there are, but I would suspect about half of them are really on the market. Because when you start getting over those days, something's not right. Your entry point in Almoral County may be the villas at Southern Ridge condominiums down Fifth Street Extended. Last week, there were three units on the market, condos, in the villas at Southern Ridge. Now, all three of those have gone pending. Uh, 225 for the largest footprint, uh, 1220 square foot, three bedroom, two bath with a den. Uh, you got a two-bedroom, two-bath that went pending with a 190 ask, and a three-bedroom, two-bath without the den at 1130 square feet went pending at 218. That complex is absolutely red hot. Another neighborhood I follow well, closely. Why, why is it? I mean, it's in a good school system. It's adjacent. It's very close to uh, the bypass and the interstate, very close to the University of Virginia. It's got decent amenities. It's five, ten minutes from downtown. The location is primo. But most importantly, it's the price. I mean, it's find a, something at, at two twenty-five in so, Almoral County. You don't. You got right. That's it my, goes that's my two, point. two two thirty-two, which is two hundred days on the market. By the way, uh, uh, the next jump up is two fifty. <clears throat> so I mean, I'm just looking what's Almoral County attached and detached. What's Turtle active. Creek condos? Nothing on the market there at yeah. Turtle Creek. So 
so what these folks are doing, they're, they're doing what you did. They're buying in. They're, they're getting into the game. We call it a game. Maybe that's the wrong choice of words. But they're getting into the ownership vertical ladder, home ownership vertical ladder. They're starting at a certain rung, and then they're going to start working their way up their rung and start building equity and appreciation. I, you know, and it's, it's, it's interesting. This, I'm going back to this young couple on the dock of the bay because it just was awe-inspiring to me. Well, I love it. I, I genuinely love it. I cannot... I'm literally going to tear up here, I think. I, I cannot tell you what it feels like to sit next to somebody that goes, oh, I heard you, and I listened to what you said, and it worked in our lives. I don't care. Interest rates, commissions I get paid, and I truly mean, I'm going to look you in the face and tell you this, that all is great stuff, but having that conversation is everything. Nicholas Herpy, hello. To help somebody, as you know my quote, to help somebody with one of the most important, three most important things required for a trip around the sun, right? Food, clothing, and shelter. And to have a conversation or to help somebody, either directly or indirectly, I can put my head on a pillow and feel pretty awesome. That's awesome. Night. Let's give Keith some props, ladies and gentlemen. This is the kind of guy you want to work with. Honest. Plus, I'm working on a speech. i got to talk about that in honest, front of a bunch of guy. CEOs. So. He's an honest guy right there. Put the comments in the feed. We'll relay them live on air. Um, DP. Dan Pettit watching, or uh, downsizing um, is something else to consider, he says. Dan Pettit is a realtor with a fantastic forehand on the tennis courts. DP, we love you. That is, uh, that is a great comment. <clears throat> um, a lot of it depends on who, right? Keith and Yona, maybe Dan. We, we kind of need to down, downsize. Not that we're gonna, but I think we're gonna, we're gonna. Uh, I mean, sell your home at the top of the market right now. Yeah, is it really the top of the market? You think you're saying it's going to get more? The, the, we're not even near the top of the market. That's what you're saying. Well, I don't think there is a, such a thing as the top of the market. Ah, I disagree with that comment. Unless you have a 2008, which everybody. You're you're because your your logic is the prices are just going to go up. They always go to up. Go up. I've got a 21-year spreadsheet that tells me it always I mean, goes You up. could say this is the top of the market because there's no inventory out there. So define top of the market. Top of the market as far as value goes or top, the top of the market as far as inventory goes? Well, maybe top of the market is not uh, applicable to what I'm saying. How about this is one of the best times to sell a house that in a I long agree. time? Hands down. You've got so many buyers. You've got nothing to buy. Down. Stuff in, this, in, in Central Virginia is selling in hours. Hands down, thousand percent right. Actually, even now, as interest rates start climbing up, it's actually even, in my opinion, better to put your house on the market because the buyers that are out there that are going to buy it, they're ready. They're serious. They understand. They understand the where they're where they're. Hopefully, they understand where they're at. So it's even now to do that. Inventory will pick up. Now, right. We're, we're at like one heartbeat a minute right now as far as inventory goes. Do we really think inventory is going to pick up? Let, let me finish my train of thought. I let me finish know. my horrible analogy. Please. We're at one heartbeat a minute. Eventually, we're going to go up to 10 or 20 or something. Eventually, inventory will pick up. I've said on the show, and I'll continue to say, I think this is a five to 10 year window. We're, we're, we're not, you know, unless something really unforeseen happens. Uh, 
we're five to ten years out of this type of market. And I tell you what scares me? You know, part of me, I, I, I believe interest rates are going to drop, right? Sometime in the first half of next year. Do you, what, what the hell is that going to do to the market? Right? Right? The people that have been sitting are going to start going, ooh, maybe it's time to go. That 3% that the shut-in seller, for lack of a better term. And we talked about this, Jerry, years ago. When, 2020, when it was happening, when we started getting into this 3% thing, a mortgage, you know, I, I was like, this is not a good thing, folks. This is not a good thing. It's a good thing at the moment, but people move. People have to move. It's a, it's a fact of life. Um, babies come. Divorces happen. Unfortunately, deaths happen also, right? There's two ends of the spectrum. The UVA, uh, the UVA um, economists, PhD, and granted, everyone's got an opinion. We've highlighted that. You know, you know what they say in the Marine Corps about he, opinion, right? Well, tell us what that about. Everybody's that. got one, and they all stink, kind of like Every, everyone's else. got an opinion. I've been uh, there's an economist professor. He's asked that I not use his name, watches, listens and watches to the uh, I Love Seville show. And I routinely get comments or DMs um, from him about stuff we've covered. And he, his next prediction is the folks that have the 2 and the 3% and the 4% rates on their houses, that those homes are not going to be sold. Yeah, they'll end up. And, and that's... And, and that those folks will hold forever or... A, a good portion of them will hold yeah. and convert to rentals. So, that, so that's a tr- more truer statement. There will, and, and back to my comment of this 2 to 4%, or 4% is getting closer to 7.5% or 7.1% is actually the norm, the average over 72 years. Excuse me, since 1972. So 71 is the average since 72. But there will be a percentage of the people that currently sit on that will never put their homes on the market because they're in a fiscal position that they they can buy and hold on to that and rent. You're 110% back yeah. to why this 3% has never happened before in our lifetimes and is going to have a larger impact. This I know without even looking at a crystal ball. It's going to continue to put a strain on the market as far as inventory goes. For the foreseeable future. It's part of why this five to ten year window I'm talking about. We're not going to build our way out of it. There's going to be a percentage of the two to three percent that is never going to come on. Nobody, your <laughs> economist friend, you know, nobody knows what that percentage is going to be, but there's going to be some. Without yeah. doubt. He says he, his, his, um, you've got the largest. I, it was probably a 500 word direct message. Yeah. Um, well, I can't write 500 words. I can barely speak 500 and, words. And, and he goes, he says, the next phenomenon to follow is these property. Why would someone give up a 2.75% yeah, financing? But it's not going to be 100% of that number. No, 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 not 100%. Right? Yeah. Right, but it's going to be some number that nobody knows yet. He doesn't know that yeah. for sure. Yeah. And he'll tell you he doesn't know that. Um, and the largest buying cohort ever, ever is hitting the market. And all that trash. All Michael, that, Michael Plecker, I wonder if it's the same guy. Uh, all, Mike, all that stuff is hitting at the same time. Michael Plecker says, my client, who is a real estate professor at the McIntyre School of Commerce at UVA, agrees with Jerry's last statement. The, the, but I, I want to be careful. You don't want to say all. That's, yeah, that's, yeah, I, don't, I don't think it's all. Yeah. The, 
here, here's basically what his take was. And it, literally, it was like a 500-word direct message. And I'm getting these, and, I, and I, if he's listening to this in real time or post time, I want you to hear me say this. I very much enjoy the DMs that I've never met this person. Yeah, never cool. met him ever. Listens to the I Love Seville show, has a comment on just about everything we cover, and sends a DM. Literally, it's almost every day now. And it's um, an amazing feeling that and sitting on the dock of the bay and having somebody talk. He to says, you. Why would somebody, and I'm paraphrasing for him, if you're in Albemarle or Charlottesville in particular, Albemarle and Charlottesville are deep pocketed communities. We know. Not everybody. You know, look, look, Jerry. The, 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 median, the median household income is, is $114,000. No, it's not. It's 123. I think it's 114. No, it's I, not. I saw sir. that. I, I mean, we can check. I, I know for a fact. You look at the HUD medium uh, area median income, it's 123,300. Okay. So 123,300. Well, you, we'll use your number, okay? Well, that's HUD's number. It's not my number. Okay. Let's see. The U.S. Census is different than that. So you have to use the HUD number because that's what these loan programs are based off of. But that's, that's, that's the, the, the litmus test. For, is that for Charlottesville? For the NPO, for the Charlottesville region. So that's Charlottesville, Albemarle, Fulvana, Nelson, and Green. Louisa. Okay, so we'll call it 125. Call whatever you want. 125 a household right there. That, okay. We're going to get back to this because San Diego's is actually less than ours. Okay, so 125 for the Charlottesville area, right? So he goes, you got a community that is more deep-pocketed than others. Oh, yeah. Many in this community, and he gave me a percentage. It was a national percentage. 80% of homeowners have a rate 4% or under. That's national. Yep, that's the national exactly average. Right. Mm-hmm. He gave, he included that language. Because everybody and was at eight at one point, refinanced at three or four. He sent that, he sent mm-hmm. that to, to me as well. He goes, mm-hmm. if you have a community that's deep-pocketed, a community that is nuanced, which the Charlottesville area is nuanced, why would these folks take an, uh, a home with a financing vehicle of 2 or 3% in that range? So if they can, if they can, they will. A lot of people do not want to own rental properties. right? So, but, but the good doctor, or, or, or I'm assuming he's a his PhD, doctor, yeah. the, good, the good doctor is right there. This is why I believe we're in a 5 to 10 year trajectory before inventory gets better because there's going to be a percentage who the heck knows what that number is right for the sake of a talk show let's say 50 percent which i don't think it's going to be it's probably closer to 25 percent but let's say i can 2x the mortgage on our house but jerry but jerry jerry my friend mortgage on our house i can 2x it but you're a sophisticated just by listening with ally property management and doing nothing a hundred percent 100%. 100%. My, don't, where's what Allied Property Management? I forget I own right. a rental property. Yeah. I get it. But we're sophisticated. We, we do this. We eat, eat and breathe this stuff. Some people just don't want to do it, right? Some people just want to cash out. Some people just want that X dollars and move on and move up this particular ladder. Woody Fincham says, but, we yeah, have never seen a market like this. I would agree with that. But I lean toward what the professor is saying. Yeah. But it's not going to be everybody, right? So to, to, to be clear, but that's why there's going to be... So multiple things are going to happen. Interest rates are going to drop at some point, right? 
inventory is not going to increase. People are not going to put their houses on the market. Which is going to drive rents higher. Which is going to drive rents higher, <clears throat> right? This whole conversation hasn't come up yet. There's not going to be any new development of any <clears throat> size moving forward. There's going to be some small stuff, but you're not going to you're not going to see a huge influx <clears throat> of new construction. Excuse me, folks. Another another thing that would prioritize owning rentals. Yeah, yeah, sure. If you if that's where you're at in 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 your life, that's it. But it's only going to make it much much more much harder for folks to move get get in the game and move up the ladder. Look. You and I have had this conversation before. We're sitting at kitchen tables with at least six sellers that are frightened to put their... They need to move, but they're afraid to put their house on the market. Not because they want to rent it, not because of whatever, but because they're getting relocated. One's in the military is getting relocated. Uh, the poor guy owned the house for a month and got orders to leave. Mm. Now, talk about, talk about sitting at a kitchen table with tears down folks' eyes on what to do. Because they're not going to walk away from that home positive, without a doubt. And now they got to go buy it 7 or 8% somewhere. Jason uh, Howard on Rio Road, he says, Will the 2 to 4% rate folks who choose to rent instead of sell their house, will that help slow the climb of rental rates in the area? I don't think so. No, it's just not going to be enough. Um, yeah, there's, there's not... The, yeah. There's now, not enough places to rent in so Charlottesville what, and Almar. So what the good doctor, uh, I'm sure, has figured out or calculated in it, there will be a bunch of people that choose, that are mom, what I call mom-and-pop rentals right now, that have to move for whatever, that don't have ally property management managing their property. There's quite a few of them. That's who I use as well for the, the condo that's a rental. But the people who don't, they're not putting cash aside. They're not doing, it. and you're starting to see this because we're getting these phone calls. Hey, I've got a rental property. How much you think I can get for it, right? Because I need a new roof. I need a new HVAC. Or they so. want to sell at the top of the market. You know, but these conversations were specific about. <clears throat> I don't want to hold on to the rental anymore because I never put enough money aside to save for it. For whatever reason, they didn't have a trusted advisor. They didn't have an allied property management. They didn't have a trusted advisor to say, okay, every month you've got to put X dollars aside because eventually, you know, we're sitting here listening to fans waiting for an HVAC unit to come on the roof. Eventually, Good luck. Good luck. Yeah, well, that's, that's a true story, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, um, more comments coming in. This is from uh, Michael Plecker. Man, man, there's a lot of comments. Coming. We're going to get to as many of these as possible here. Um, Plecker says, if a seller waits until there is ample inventory for them to look at, to buy before they sell their home, they will have greater competition when they do sell their home. The translation, their home will be worth less. They should take the COVID appreciation money they have earned and move on, then refinance if the rates do drop. This has come in from Matthew on one of our 15 Facebook pages. Then we'll get to your comment, Woody, then Dan, Grayson, Olga, um, Thanks for hanging with us, Olga. Matthew says this. We're doing exactly what the UVA professor DM Jerry about. Our home has jumped 40% in value since we purchased it in 2019. We're going to pull um, a chunk out of our house and use that to buy the next place and convert our current home into a rental. Yeah. And, and, and make sure your ROI works out all right, which I'm sure you will, right? Because... 
your, your sophisticated, smart folks uh, to go ahead and <clears throat> make sure that all works out because you don't want to, you know, uh, be upside down on your lease payments, which I'm sure you won't. Uh, he purchased for three fifty. He says right now it's four ninety. Just had it appraised. And we're going to pull 200 out of it. There you go. And we've been overpaying, and we're going to use that 200 to buy the next spot. There you go. There you go. Um, Woody, you're next in the queue here. It says, if most, con- if most consumers were looking at the time value of money, the opportunity to build wealth through rentals is there. But consumers do not, as a whole, do that. They look at their monthly payment. And that, and that, and that is what the conversation was on the dock of the bay with this couple, that the agent that was helping them for whatever reason never took the time to figure out what they were comfortable with per month. And the number they were comfortable with was very different than where they were at henceforth to 20% down payment. They were good with paying a little bit extra money and holding on to their cash for things like moving from one end of the state to the other. If you haven't moved in a while, take a look at the costs on it to go through that and so forth and so on and buying furniture for their new house because they were moving from a literally they were moving from a 600 square foot apartment to a 2,000 square foot townhome and my first question was well how are you going to furnish it Uh, so if you use all your cash how are you going to do they're going to get into debt Uh, take a look at what take a look what credit card rates are right now folks right and they were like oh well nobody ever told us this stuff and I said well I'm telling you now you know, in their world, in their sick circumstances, it was not a good thing for them to burn through all their cash. Um, Dan's going to La Jolla, California next month. Hey, Dan, call me. I might need a favor from you. Go check on a piece of property for me. Um, Dan, Keith just came back from there, right? Yeah, just came back. Yeah, we're helping a client uh, list a house in La Jolla through uh, a couple of referral agents out there. Olga is watching in Queens. She said right before 9-11, I bought my first two-family home for 275000 it's now worth 800k. Yeah. I mean, I talk about our scenario. We got we bought the home in March of 2020 when the world was coming to an end. Literally, we had to walk into the houses we were touring with hazmat suits on. Literally, we got it for seven seven hundred, and it is the cop uh, a cop that's identical to ours just went under contract at under a one four. Well, yeah, I was going to say under one five, but under one four. I mean, you're talking eighty-five to ninety yeah. percent appreciation in yeah. three years. And you're in a fiscal world right now that you can do that path exactly that. Hang on to that rent and, and move up the ladder. I'm not so sure Mrs. Miller was going to let you do that, but but I think she really. Chuck Ramey says, "Welcome back, Keith." Hey, Chuck, how's it going, man? Yeah. Uh, yeah, get some great knowledge and great stuff, and it was. I love doing this. We do this every year, uh, and we come back and kind of get rejuvenated about it and uh, rejuvenated about the future in the market and helping folks do it. So it's just it's just a lot of fun. We, we enjoy doing it. Um, comments coming in fast. John yeah. Blair, hello, my friend. We love when you watch hey, the program. We truly, truly do. Um, this comment has come in from Grayson. He says, the street that I live on in North Downtown, two homes on our street, have been converted into rentals as well. The rental price that our neighbors are getting for their houses boggles our mind. North of five thousand dollars a month. I was going to say six, but yeah. North of five k a think, month. Just rent. think about that. So, 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 
let's call it 5500 and this is a great question for Scott. Uh-huh. So what, what does 5500 buy me, even with 20% down? And I got good credit score. What am I buying for $5,500 a month? You're saying if a 5500 monthly mortgage payment? Yeah, what am I buying? I, I can't do the math that quickly in my head. I'm not that smart, but Scott is. So on Wednesday, we'll ask him that question. You know, look, and to my point, you can probably find something to buy, assuming you've got the cash. And just think about it. If I'm renting something for $5,500 a month, how, how much cash do I got to bring to the table, which nobody talks about? First, last, and security. So Three you're months. talking, uh, what is that, grand. 16, 16 five? I, I did it by five because it's a lot easier. 16500 A lot easier for us Marines to you know, yeah. keep, keep it a little bit. So you got to bring, bring $15,000, $16,000, $17,000 cash to the table just to get in the door. You're using cash anyway. Kevin's, then you got to fight to get it back. Um, Kevin says that scenario exactly is exactly how first-time home buyers will never be able to buy here. If so every two percent, three percent, and four percent mortgage holder buys two, three, or four rentals, they'll never build enough to keep up. Kevin, uh, no truer statement has ever been been said. It's why I volunteer and put a ton of time on all these national cohorts and local stuff on trying to help housing affordability. Um, but, you know, you just take a look at what's available. I know for a fact, in order to hit the 80% area medium income, using HUD's numbers now, Jerry, that 123, you can't buy anything over 225. Now, where are you going to find that? They don't exist. Yeah. So, so that's a real thing. So we're, 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 we're going to become a market that is going to be very leaning towards one side and just have no product available for the other side, back to drive to your qualify, fly to your qualify. You know, what is Buckingham looking like, right? You know, what are these areas uh, looking like that out, out earlier, you know, that folks may have to travel. Harrisonburg, Staunton or Stanton, depending on what part of the world you're from, on it. <clears throat> to to uh, Donna Price on the program last week. She was dynamite. Donna's awesome. Um, and Always awesome. Made it said the same statement Diantha McKeel said. Until the 5% developmental area yeah. is maximized to its fullest, there's no point of expanding or growing yeah. the developmental area. So um, I think the world of Donna, uh, know her well, but I, I'm not speaking out of school because I've told this to her face. Um, the 5% isn't 5%. The 5%, if you're lucky, is 1% that's left over. And unless you expand the growth area... You're just not going to get affordability. It's just not going to happen. I am not convinced that this community wants that. Oh, no, it doesn't. Clearly. Yeah. I I am not convinced that this community wants affordability. I'm not saying it's ever going to happen. I'm just saying in order, that's 100% right. You're going to look. I'm going to Smith. I've been gone for a week, and I haven't really got myself into Not yet. It sounds like you're about to. I'm about ready to get myself I like into, it. into trouble. Um, though I understand and respect people's opinions, but that's what the NIMBY mindset has brought to the table. And you know what? It's much like the interest rates. We shall see what the future brings. We'll see what these crystal balls bring. But if we only lean... If, if only one sector of the market is growing in value and we don't help the folks enter into the market, 
eventually those musical chairs are going to stop. Because there's people ladder up. People start at a certain level and they work their way up through through ownership. That's the way it is. That's the way it's always always has been. If we're only heavy on the top end of that ladder and we don't take care of the lower, there's nothing available for the lower end. Eventually, that, that upper end is just going to cap out and spin around in circles. And who knows? I don't think it's ever going to go down, but it might plateau. Kelsey says this. The lack of inventory and the lack of new construction um, in our market certainly is driving values for all of us that are homeowners. Yeah, and, and the other thing that's going on, and I haven't looked at the new construction numbers for a week, but what you are seeing at a certain price point, you know, the 650, 750, 850 number and up, if they can't find it, just they're pivoting to new construction, right? So if I can't find an existing, I'm going to go just go new construction. So there's nothing being built at the 250, 275, 300. There may be a couple of projects coming up in Greene County that might hit some townhomes in that price point. Neil made it very clear that the uh, the appetite for development in Greene is oh, it's gone. It's evaporated. Is, yeah, it's evaporated. Yeah, the the as I call it, the Fulvana flu has been caught all the way around, right? So back to the point. We're, we're you'll see existing stuff in Greene. That's on the paper happened, so you'll see a little bit of n- units getting built in, in Greene County. Then it's going to stop. You're not going to see any more in Fulvana. Almar County's just too expensive. You'll see development happen in Almar County, but it's going to be at this upper level number. You're not going to see any entry level stuff in that. You know, Louise's kind of got the same flu. Michael Plecker says this is not a healthy market. It is not a healthy market, and that's funny. Because everybody come back on the show. Can we get Michael Plecker back on the show? Yeah, I know that. Michael, we'll get you back on. I know that. Um, uh, Yes, Michael, we'll get you back on the show. Um, Everybody's all one of the Shenandoah Valley's finest backstops. Everybody, you know, the comment about 2008, 2010, which is I understand, but this is, in my opinion, almost as unhealthy as it was back then, which is a scary thing to say particularly after you lose $17 million in all your cash. Jason Howard on Rio Road. Maybe Charlottesville becomes another Arlington or Falls Church, affordable being non-existent. Yeah, but it is already. Do you know what the second highest cost of living in the state of Virginia is? Is it here? It's here. Charlottesville is the second highest cost of living. When I have a conversation with brokers in Miami saying that their area median income, by HUD standards, number is under a hundred grand and we're at one twenty three the drawers dropped. So what? What are you talking about? I said, well, do a little homework. Take a look at it. Olga says in Queens, New York, we have lots of buildings now coming out of tax abatements, making taxes uh, unreasonable, which is causing stagnation in the condos in her area. So California has a thing called prop prop nineteen, right? And what prop nineteen is is if you bought it twenty years ago at X dollars your, your, your tax rate is based on what you bought it 20 years ago. It doesn't, uh, ex, uh, doesn't get appraised up. But when you sell it, right, or, or whatever, you have to, it's now at this new number, which is multiple, 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 multiple times above that. But the tax, I was looking at this one property in La Jolla. I mean, it's, you know, multiple tens of thousands of dollars. The same thing in for Olga and Queens. It's just ridiculously expensive. Keith Smith is back in the saddle. Oh, yeah. What's, oh, look at that. 
Time flies when you're having fun. Yeah, 12.30. Well, I love being here. love doing this back and forth. We didn't get to all the comments. We miss you guys. We, we love you guys. We do. We've got Wednesday and we've got Friday. So please come back and talk to us. I love it. Keith Smith, any closing thoughts? No, it's great to be back. I, I, uh, it, it, you got a lot of fans here, Keith. Uh, uh, I don't know about that, but thank you. Thank Michael you. Plecker said, I agree with this, Michael Plecker. Judah, Judah and I were talking about this. It was affordable housing, the moniker. Then it turned into housing affordability. Which was my moniker. And now housing affordability is disappearing yeah. because we know that there's no housing affordability around here. And now the moniker has turned into wor- workforce housing. Michael Plecker says, I'd like to just stop talking about affordable housing and talk more about helping people able to afford a home. Yeah. I think it's, it's now, is the brand now workforce housing? So it all depends. You know, and, and that's, that's part of the struggle with that is this, you know, there's a lot of time spent on labeling things and not solving them, unfortunately, to Michael's point. But he's 100% right. You've got to help people. You've got to meet them where they are. You've got to educate them and help them through the process and help them move, move forward. And, you know, to, to the conversation I had this morning, some, as much as I want everybody to own a home, some people aren't ready, right? And some people need a little bit of help. And that's where we help them too, right? We, we have trusted advisors. We point them in the right direction, go along the journey, the journey with them. But, look, uh, to Michael's point, hold on a second here. In the last seven days, 66 homes closed. So that means people are buying and selling homes. This is in the Charlottesville area footprint, which is a six-jurisdiction footprint on it. Um, I bought them. Now, they were contracts maybe 30 days ago, not 45 days ago, that kind of thing. But people are still buying and selling. So call a trusted advisor. Yes, oh, Realty Partners. Oh, oh, Plecker. He'll help him. He's yes, really Yes, Realty Partners. But anyway, Olga, thank you very much for listening to Queens. It was great. I, I, I was looking for a She's little... She was watching on your wife's page. I was looking for a little New York accent, but didn't, I got to hear you speak through Jerry's uh, fingers and voice, but uh, thank you for joining us. Can you uh, sing, get us out with a little Yes, Realty Partners jingle No, I'm sing? not. I don't Yes, sing. Realty Partners. I don't, I don't, I don't Can you sing. come on? Just give us a little jingle. I don't sing. Just go, Yes, I don't, Realty Partners. I'm trying to help people, not scare them. Come on. No. Yes, really part. <laughs> no. No. Have a great day, folks. <laughs> <laughs> the I Love Seville show is up in 57 minutes. He's Keith Smith. He's a rock star. The show is Real Talk with Keith Smith, which you can find online at realtalkwithkeithsmith.com. Realtalkwithkeithsmith.com. Click the Partners tab. Ooh, look at you. The trusted advisors Damn. that Keith has personally vetted at realtalkwithkeithsmith.com. We're thinking. Anyway. We don't even have to say anything and we're on the same page. Judah Wickhauer gets props. Yep. My name is Jerry Miller. We'll hey. connect with you in 56 minutes on the I Love Seville Show. So Thank long. you, everybody. Very nicely done, Keith Smith. Thank you, sir. Like a bicycle. <laughs>